We're going to get a, we get to watch sheep listen today. We're going to be looking at the first six verses of John 10, but I want to begin in John 9. Everything that happened in the ninth chapter of John leads right to the tenth chapter. The paragraph our text is contained in, those first six verses of John 10, that paragraph begins in John 9, verse 39. Now we're given these, these divisions in the Scriptures. So we can look things up real quick. And, and I can say, turn here and you can look. And so we just, we're a step ahead of them Bereans. Used to for a very short period of time, seven minutes or so, one of the apostles would get up and preach and tell you what God meant plainly. And if you cared to listen and, and, and keep your eyelids open for seven minutes, you'd go home look at your scriptures and see what it was. You had to be committed to the gospel. You had to have a job to be able to go buy the scriptures. They wouldn't, Gutenberg hadn't come around in Germany yet. There wasn't a printing press. That was, a, that was a, a, a hefty price tag to have those scriptures, those first five books of the Bible. And to have the prophets too. Oh, who could afford that? That took some commitment, some dedication to the scriptures, to the gospel, to go home and look them things up. But boy, we have them now. And what, how easy it is if I said, let's turn here and look. And I don't think I've got you turn anywhere tonight. I got cut short studying today. But we can say turn. But that doesn't mean that's where the story stop, starts and stops. We always got to lead, read a little bit before and read a little bit after, don't we? But our paragraph begins there in chapter 9, verse 39. It goes all the way through chapter 10, verse 18. That's the same thought. But beginning in chapter 9, the story starts there. And it was beginning with the blind man. He was born blind. And the disciples walked by. The Lord came to this man. The disciples came with him. They went to pass by this man. They said, Who sinned, Lord? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. What a self-righteous, horrible thing to say. How often have we said it? Well, who did What happened? Well, what happened? Well, how did it happen? The Lord shut my mouth. This man did sin. Do you know that? He sinned in Adam. We know because he come forth from the womb speaking lies just like every one of us. We knew he was a sinner. But the Lord said all this happened that... Because so the works of God will be made manifest in him. He said, you're worried about the outside of the cup. I'm going to save this man. (laughs) This physical ailment that the Lord gave was for the glory and the honor of the Almighty God. A man told my pastor one time, he said, well, we was talking about misquoted scripture. I may preach on that. You reap what you sow. You ever read verse 6 in Galatians 6? What's he talking about? Giving is what he's talking about. <laughs> That's supporting the gospel is what he's talking about. But a man said, well, all things work out to good for the good. And he said, I beg your pardon. They do not. All things work, out, work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to His purpose. Now, if you ain't loved of Him and you're not called according to His purpose, I can't tell you everything's going to be okay. It ain't going to be. We have to learn something about His love. This physical ailment was for the glory of God, for His honor as all things are, but it was also for the benefit of this poor blind man. The eternal good of this blind man. Our Lord spit on the ground what human beings would find disgusting. And that's not gross if you know who spit it is. <laughs> but God, man, in human flesh, made from a woman like we are, the living water in human flesh, that living water came from his mouth. He spit. Mixed it with plain old dirt. Made clay out of it. 
and He put it on that man's eyes. This was the means the Lord chose to glorify Himself. This was His wisdom in action. Has anything changed? How does He save people now? If anybody's saved, how are they saved? He takes water and puts it in an earthen vessel, just an old clay pot, and makes it pour out. And He waters whom He sees fit. He gives eyes to whom He'll give eyes to. He'll give ears to whom He'll give ears to. People say, right, they get mad, don't they? That insults their intellect. Give somebody spiritual eyes through some, some other sinner just stand up talking about it, what the Scriptures mean. Tell them about who Christ is and what He did for them. But now, I, I didn't learn that way. Well, maybe you did. But the Lord's people, that's how they learn. Through the foolishness of preaching, isn't it? That was the Lord's wisdom and His power. And then He commanded this man after He put that clay on his eyes, He said, you go. That was the command. Go. He told him to do something. He said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the man went. He went the way God told him. He said, you go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he up and walked. Hadn't spoke a word yet. He hadn't spoke a word. And he went and he washed and he came seeing. He came up out of that water seeing. The Pharisees, they were so mad at this man that he was healed on their Sabbath day. Their Sabbath day. Just like that Passover. That was the Jews' Passover. It wasn't the Lord's Passover anymore. It was our Sabbath day. Don't you see the irony of that in our day? People getting so mad about the Sabbath. <laughs> Lord, heal everybody on purpose on the Sabbath. Maybe we ought to hush and listen to some fellow tell us what that means. <laughs> they were so mad because he healed these people on their Sabbath. The very rest of God. His very peace and rest. Christ our Sabbath was standing right there in town with And nobody cared. They was mad over their traditions. The traditions of men. And they were worried about a day. Four times they asked this blind man. They asked how. How'd you get your sight? How'd you get your sight? Well, what happened? Tell me one more time what happened. How'd you get your sight? How? That's four times. How was your eyes open? And his answer got simpler. Every time this man said, God did it. God did it. How do you see? God did it. Do you petition Him? No, He just did it. <laughs> he just did it. The one sin of God. His prophet. God's prophet came. And He did it. And He said that over and over. And they got so mad they excommunicated this man who was before blind. They kicked him out of church. They took away all of his religious privileges. He can't come there for the Passover no more as far as they're concerned. And all the people in town, you have no more atonement for sin. You can't play church no more. You can't be buried here. You, you go find your wife to get married. You can't get married here. You kicked out. Saying God did this. What horrible things they said about our Lord, didn't they? But the Lord found him. Verse 35, John 9, 35. Jesus heard that they had cast him out. When he had found him, he said unto him, Dost thou believe on the Son of God? And he answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I might believe on him? And Jesus said unto him, Thou hast both seen him, and it is he that talketh with thee. And he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Oh, I pray we could worship tonight. Wouldn't that be something? Not say it. Not say we're now going to worship. If we were to worship. Really. Oh, that would be precious, wouldn't it? 
to actually worship the Almighty God, to sacrifice, to sacrifice, to put away everything of us and say God did it. Why did you come to church tonight? God brought me to church tonight. Yeah. That's why I'm here. He did it. Christ continues to speak in verse 39. He's still talking to this blind man. And he says in verse 39, For judgment I come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. He said two things in this statement, didn't he? He said, I came to reveal God's compassion, God's choice. All kinds of laws being turned upside down in this nation. People pity partying around on news like fools and all over the internet, on the internet machines. It's talking about whose choice is it? It's real choice, that choice? It's God's choice. <laughs> Christ came to declare God's compassion, His choice, His unmerited favor to those that He loved before time. He said, I came to seek and to save those that are lost. I'm going to find those that are lost and I'm going to save those that are lost. He ain't going to try to find them. He ain't going to try to save them. He's going to come and save them. Those that know that they're spiritually blind. That they cannot make themselves see. And they know that no other person can make them see. Mommy and Daddy can't do it for you. Grandma and Grandpa preach. I can't do that for you. I'll tell you who can. They came into this world that way, blind, and they know it. The Lord said, I came to give them sight. If I could find somebody that was blind... That didn't see, that didn't know. You ever told, tried to tell somebody something? I know. I did it Kimberly today and I felt so bad. She's explained something to me. I was in her. I said, I know. I know. Oh, that hurts, don't it? Well, if I knew, I'd do. <laughs> if, I, if I knew, I'd have already done it, wouldn't I? Yes, I did. I didn't act on it. If I knew I was blind, if I knew there's a time in my life I hated God, I was at war with Him. That's who God came to give sight to. He's already given you some sight. That's good news, isn't it? Second reason he said he's come is to those that think they see. I know. I see. I see. I got a handle on that. I know. He came to prove that they have no spiritual eyes at all. As he said this to this blind man, as he said, For judgment I come into this world that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. While he was speaking, this brother of ours, the same Pharisees that kicked him out of that temple, they interjected in verse 40. Some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Are you saying, I'm blind? Is that what you're telling me? What if I preach to somebody and somebody said, Kevin, are you telling me I'm blind? Well, I hope you are. <laughs> you might just need a physician. I know him. I can tell you, tell you to come to him. They said, are you talking to me? You say, we're blind also. Verse 41, Jesus said unto them, unto those Pharisees, not unto the blind man. He said the ones who just asked this question. He said, if, if you were blind, you ain't. But if you were, you should have no sin. Is that what it says? But now, verse 41, but now ye say, oh, we see, we see, I see. I see. I got a good handle on this. You know what I am? I'm the I'm a member of the Sanhedrin. I'm in the top seventy of all Israel. We see it. You think I don't understand these things? We're masters of Israel. He said, But now you say we see. 
Therefore, because of that, your sin remaineth. Because of your self-righteousness and your pride and your holiness you think you have, your sin remaineth. He said, if you knew by God's grace that you were blind and dead, if you knew that God called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, you would have no sin. But you think you have your own eyes. You think you have your own understanding and your own knowledge, and therefore your sin remaineth. But the paragraph doesn't stop there. <laughs> Our Lord spoke to him. He's going to give him a parable. Chapter 10, verse 1. They kept asking everyone, How? 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 How was this man's eyes open? And the Lord's going to tell them. He's going to tell them how this man received his sight. And then He's going to tell them the result if someone ever does have sight given to them. What happens? Verse 41 says, If you were blind... You should have no sin, but now you say, We see, therefore your sin remaineth. Verse 1 of chapter 10. Barely, verily, of a truth, of a truth. Truly, truly. We ought to pay attention to this. I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him. For, because, they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. This parable Jesus spake unto them, but they understood not what things they were which He spake unto them. What a rebuke to these men. What a rebuke to these that profess themselves shepherds of the sheep. Look up in verse 34, chapter 9. They answered said unto Him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and Thou dost teach us. I told that blind man, you were, you're a sinner. You were born in sin. And you're going to teach us something? And they cast him out. They truly believed that they were God's ordained, qualified teachers, masters in Israel. And they said, Who are you talking to, sinner? These teachers did not feed the flock of God. They were not shepherds that fed the flock of God, and they're not today. Nothing's changed. Just like that angel, he says, He's going to lead his sheep out, didn't he? They'll follow me, I'm going to lead them. That's what that angel said in Exodus. You think anything's going to change? <laughs> no. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, isn't He? And those that profess themselves wise prove that they're fools. Mm. So here our Lord is going to teach these arrogant, religious, foolish men how sinners are saved. How sight's given to blind. What true seeing really is. And who it is that does all this. He's going to teach them through a very common thing. Something that in those days, a boy at age could tell you everything that this means. This is, I mean, this is second grade level. Is the illustration he's using. Not to us nowadays. We, we've progressed. Right? We've, we've got cars and grocery stores. But everyone here in this, ta in, in this town at that time, they knew exactly what the Lord was telling them. He was going to teach them they're not what they thought they were. Now, in every village, there was a sheepfold. The most recent thing you and I can enter into is what a sheepfold is, is a livery, a livery stable, or a livery stable, if you poor pronunciation. A livery stable at night. 
these cattlemen would come in, these, these cowboys, and they'd take their horses and turn them over. And then morning they'd go get their horse. We understand that, don't we? Well, here in each one of these villages, at night these shepherds would go out in the countryside, they'd out all day long with their sheep, and they'd come into town. And they'd turn their sheep in. It's a common area in the town. They'd turn their sheep in to this sheepfold. And the poor, there's one door going in, one door going out, and it's surrounded in walls about 10, 12 feet high. And there was a porter there at the door. And he would accept the sheep in, and then the shepherd would go. And the next morning, they'd get up real early, and the shepherd would come back, talk to this porter, and he would give whatever proof was required to satisfy the porter. <laughs> I know you from last night. Or if it was a stamp or a nickel or whatever it was, he had to give it to them. So, okay, yeah, that's your ticket. You can go get your sheep. And then the access would be granted, and he would go get these sheep. And the whole time, that whole night, that porter, he checked them in, checked them out. He watched over those sheep, was accountable for those sheep, made sure those sheep were secure and safe, and provided all things that were needed for those sheep. Shepherd would go in that morning, satisfied the porter. Whatever was required to make entrance. The shepherd would go in, and he would call his sheep, and the sheep would hear his voice. He'd say, Come. Call my name. And they'd follow him. And he would lead them out to wherever he was going to go that day. That's what happened. That's what he's talking about right here. That was common occurrence in young people. And it still is in, in parts of the world. Inside that sheepfold, there were several different flocks from other shepherds. Several different shepherds. And each shepherd would go in. They'd call their sheep by their name. They would recognize their shepherd's voice. And they would follow him out. In the late 90s, I did all the leg work for today. And I didn't realize it until 27 years later how much I was going to need that leg work. <laughs> I did all this study, and then I got the facts down pat then, wrote a message on it. Well, I wrote a bunch of facts down. I needed that for today. I got my historical facts right then. And then, years later, about 2004, I was over in the Middle East. And I saw this happen. It wasn't in a sheepfold, but I saw it happen. I think I've told you all it before, but I'll tell you again. I was sitting up in a tower looking on the, from the north side of Samara, looking on the town, and there's a road in between. It's all open fields, and these little boys come in the mornings, about seven, eight years old, and they'd have about 50, 100 sheep apiece, depending on how big their flocks was. Their daddy would put their responsibility on them. If you want to keep a child's feet on the ground, put a lot on their shoulders. Good for them. Make them do stuff. And they'd give me all these sheep, and these little eight-year-old boys would come walking together, one from the east and one from the west, and they each had, I don't know, 50, 75 sheep apiece. And they'd come right down the same road. Sometimes they'd go around each other. It was just like fish floating in the ocean. Other times, them sheep, them boys would stop and they'd talk. And all them sheep just meshed together. Oh, they're two different shepherds. There's two different flocks. But all of them just blended in there together. Like that. And them old boys would talk and whisper and all that. laughing and talking, carried on, just like the eight-year-old boys do. And I thought, man, y'all going to get whipped. <laughs> If my dad let me in charge of one sheep, I didn't bring it back. Or especially if I brought back the wrong sheep. I'm left with a ram, come home with a ewe, I'm in trouble. Or vice versa. And I thought, man, you boys are going to get it. And then they get through talking. They started walking. That one was going east, kept going east. One going west, kept going west. And they'd whistle and click. And, and they'd throw a rock over there. And they'd take that little rod and tap one of them over here. And they'd hedge those sheep about. And just as they all intermingled together, they come out clean. I stood there 15 minutes, turned every which way, and had one called this way, one called that way at the same time, and every one of them sheep left together. Right with their ship. i got to see that happen. God ain't lying to us. He proved that to me. I did the leg work, and then He proved it to me. 
And I said, those sheep really do hear their shepherd's voice. They know his voice and they follow him. They don't follow another. They won't hear another. They can't stand to hear another one. And it's instinct for them. And sheep's natural, just like a sheep dog. It's natural for them. It's bred into them. What did our Lord teach these Pharisees in this parable? He says in verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way. Well, now who was going to do it this way? Was that another way? It's some other way than the door, isn't it? But climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Your thieves and robbers. That's what he's telling them. He went to the, the pinnacle of religion. <laughs> right into it. Now they come to him, picking on him. And he said, your thieves and robbers. You have another way. And, he, and a, a six-year-old could tell you what's going on here. They agree with me. It's good, good logic for them. What's a sheepfold? That's a yard. But what's this represent? We understand physically how this happens. Spiritually, what does this mean for us? What's he talking about? What's the real lesson he's teaching here? Let me tell you what's not. It's not heaven. I've heard people say, well, the sheepfold's heaven. Thieves and robbers can't sneak into heaven, can they? Are they going to find another way in there? No, that's not it. Well, some, some have said, no, that it's the local church, the eternal church, or the, the body in that generation. No, that's not it. He says He leads them out. Look down at verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth out his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. So thieves and robbers can get into this sheepfold, <laughs> intermingle with them, and when the shepherd comes, he takes them out of this sheepfold. What do you think that is? Sheepfolds this world. This world we're in right now. And in it there's all kinds of flocks of sheep from different shepherds. But in here, in this world, there are some of them that are the great shepherd's sheep. Those that he's laid down his life for. Those that he will come to redeem. There's some of them in this world. I don't know which ones they are. I'm just a dumb old sheep. <laughs> I'm just one listening to the voice of the of the shepherd. But there's some here. Down in verse 16, John 10, 16. He says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, this particular one right here, them also I must bring. I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. When we're brought out of this sheepfold, when we're brought out of this earth, of every tribe, kindred, tongue, nation, generation, throughout time, there's going to be one fold of sheep and there's going to be one shepherd leading us. Isn't that wonderful? He said, verse 1, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, to the shepherd of the sheep, the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth, his own sheep by name, and He leadeth them out. Who's the porter? Throughout mankind, and these Pharisees before then, uh, many think that Peter's the porter, isn't it? Peter is the man at the pearly gates. You've got to make it through him. You've got to talk to him. Or Mary, Mother Mary, or some other Catholic nonsense. That's not it. That's not a person at those gates. That's God's holy law right there. You have to satisfy the requirements of a holy God to go through that door. To go through that gate. To be in that door. Well, what's the door? What has to be satisfied for us to be in this door? Verse 6 says, The parable spake unto Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which He spake unto them. 
Then Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. <laughs> I am the door. I'm the one that satisfied the porter. And I'm the door. And if you want to get out of here alive, it's going to be me. I'm going to give you life. Because you're mine, and I called you by name. And I'm going to lead them out. He said in verse 8, All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. Thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. He laid down his life for the sheep. He willingly endured the cross for his sheep. For those inside of those walls. For us in this world right now in this sheepfold. Those that are His that He owned before. They were His before given to Him by the Father. And He came. And He satisfied all requirements to legally bring them out. To justly, rightfully so, He earned the right. And they've earned the right to leave. <laughs> Whatever payments do. How much is rent? I don't know. He paid it. And He's going to bring them out. And they're going to have life more abundant with Him. And whatever green pastures this great shepherd leads us by and still waters he brings us by with surely goodness and mercy following us ahead behind us. He satisfied all those things at Calvary by giving his life for the sheep. Now how do I know if he's called me to be a sheep? How do I know? Uh, This needs said in every generation. The Lord did not audibly speak to these people. (laughs) He doesn't speak to those people in our our day. That, That age is over. It doesn't happen. We don't audibly hear a voice. So I, I walked outside and the clouds rumbled and the Lord spoke to me. No, He didn't. No, He didn't audibly do it. But we know that He speaks to His children. He says He calls them and He calls them by name. Doesn't He? Who was the first one we know He called by name? Adam? Where are you? Adam? He spoke, didn't He? He spoke to Adam. Abraham? You're going to leave your mom and daddy's house. You're going to serve me. You're going to have a great nation. You and your barren wife. Jacob, what's your name? <laughs> he answered him, didn't he? Moses, take your shoes off. This ground's holy. Samuel, Samuel. Isaiah, Isaiah, after he thought he was a dead man, he said, I'm undone. What am I doing here? And the Lord said, Who am I going to send? There wasn't nobody there but the Lord and Isaiah. And they said, Here my Lord sent me. He's the only one in town, wasn't he? Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Come to Mary at the tomb. She was weeping. Saw the angel, one on his head, one on his feet where he was laid. She, said, oh. she turned around and the Lord hadn't revealed himself. He said, What's wrong with you? And he spoke to her. And then he said, Mary. Right then. She saw him. She saw him. Lazarus. Lazarus didn't see nothing, did he? He's dead in that tomb, stinking, bloated, swelled up. Oh, I wouldn't want anyone in there. And the Lord said, Lazarus, come forth. He called him by name, gave him a command. And what did Lazarus do? He said, Well, maybe whenever I hit 40, I'll start. No, he got up game, didn't he? Every one of these that the Lord called by name. 
If you were to ask them, Jacob, how come you knew what name to give? Moses, how come you took your shoes off? Abraham, why did you did you leave those idolatries? And, and, and well, you must have had strong faith to do such a thing. Lazarus, oh, you must have just really believed to come out of, to come back to life, have your heart start beating again and come out of that tomb. Every single one of them would have said, God did it. God did it. God did it. What about that blind fellow? That's what he's in trouble for right now. Lord did it. He saved me. I don't know. I was blind. I see. He called me. He drew me. He gave me life. He revealed Himself to me. What did David say? When thou said, seek my face. <laughs> you said it, Lord. I sought you, but you said seek you, and I didn't because you, you made me. I don't know if I've been called. Look here in our text. Verse 3. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he put forth his own sheep, when he puts them out there, he goes before them. And the sheep follow him. Why do they follow him? They know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him. For they know not the voice of strangers. He's saying this in front of this blind man that just Lord worked in that morning. Remember, we've been looking at this week in, week out. This is a baby. This is a babe in Christ. He don't have his words down right. He don't really know what he's doing. He's probably putting on a show of religion a little bit because that's what he used to do. He's got a bunch of grave clothes. But the Lord's telling him, you're going to hear other people preach. And you'll say, what's wrong down there? What would you leave? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just Something ain't right. I can't hear it. I can't, I can't listen to that no more. A goat can eat sheep or, or can eat grass or weeds. A sheep can't. It's got to have grass. You think a sheep knows the difference between weeds and grasses? No, I don't like that, but I like that. <laughs> when a child of God hears Christ exalted and Him and Him only and the salvations of the Lord and man's nothing, we're grass and praise Him. He needs to be praised. He's holy. And He fulfilled God's holy law. Oh, and He did it willfully. Oh, He, he, he bore our sins in His body on a tree. Ah, oh, praise Him for it. Praise Him. Kiss the Son. Kiss Him. Worship Him. Come down to His feet. Cry on His feet and wipe Him with your hair. <laughs> Clean His feet. Oh, he's, He deserves it. That's right. That, that ain't complicated. A six-year-old child can understand that. That's right. That's right. What about this other stuff? I, uh, uh, what about you know, hyperlepsarianism? Oh, that gives me, I get goosebumps all through here every time stuff like that comes up. Oh, it gives me the heebie-jeebies. I don't want to talk about it. That's weird. You want to... Tread in the deepest waters you can. The Almighty Godhead came down here in a body. <laughs> you got a good head. He was a baby, and he learned, and was weaned. Oh, for me, now that blow your mind. We said, well, enough. You got that? You squeeze it down real small. And, no, for me, to read the cause of love. That's love, buddy. That's deep love. Mm. To follow him, they won't follow another. They won't listen to another. They can't stand it. I gotta be like Scott. I gotta turn my notes. Brother Scott Richardson. He take a little three by five card spend. And they follow him. This is important to me. I'm gonna tell you. I've told you about me a little bit, and I'm gonna tell you a little more about me. That was a hard struggle I had being a believer growing up, and wondering if I believed because my mommy and daddy believed. And I was jealous of people that didn't have believing parents. And I thought they had a, a clearer understanding that there's a child of God than I did. And it took a long time. And the Lord dealt with me and taught me a lot of things in that. And I realized I was following Him. 
He showed me that. I was just old dumb sheep. It took a long time. I was following him. I wasn't following family. I wasn't following a man. I love my pastor. I love my pastor. That's the man that God used to, to bring the gospel to me. I'd die for him. Look at you ain't gonna talk bad about him. If he has done something bad, I'm sure he has. Don't you bring it up around me, you hush. <laughs> That's my pastor. I love him. But I wasn't following him. I was following the one he preached. I wasn't following my family, I wasn't following a man, and I wasn't following a doctrine. <laughs> oh, buddy, if I can I can't get that through nobody said God has to. I believe he will, but uh, there's so many people cling to a doctrine instead of him. That's just how we eat elephants one bite at a time. He went before them. He's went before us, brethren. You, you, if He's done a work in you, He's given you life and you're His. He's purchased you. He owns you. You're His sheep. <laughs> His purchased possession. And He goes to that sheep. He calls you out. That's going to be scary. It's going to be scary to get called out of the sheepfold, out of this world. I've never died before. You? Not me. I've never went, entered into eternity before. I, I started out here. He's went before He's went to the grave before I went to the grave. He's been resurrected before I was resurrected. And we see all those things as the end state. Where did all that come from? He's the firstborn among many brethren. <laughs> before I was spiritually born, he, he, he was the firstborn of all of us spiritually before He gave me life. He was there first. That's the one we follow. A stranger they will not follow, verse 5, but will flee from them, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable... That's a parable. Ain't hard to understand, is it? If we was in those days, I hope we understand it these days. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which He spake unto them. As simple as it is, a message a six-year-old can understand. If you're going to be saved, God's got to save you. And and it don't matter whether He does or not. We deserve, or He deserves to be worshipped. We ought to respect Him and, and, and honor Him and, and glorify His name. We can't until He saves us. But it's every bit Him. He's going to have to do it just like an old dumb sheep. And He's going to call you whenever it's time. And He ain't going to say, You're mine, I do what you want. <laughs> he's going to call His and He's going to lead them and take them by the hand, hedge them about, and put them right wherever He wants them. As it pleases Him. And that sheep's going to have plenty of grass to eat and plenty of water to drink. That's it. We understand these parables. That's precious. That's pre- I'm an old buddy. That's a rare, rare, rare thing. And that, that doesn't make me feel high and mighty. That makes me want to praise God for it. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank- me, of all people, of all dumb sheep on this earth. I think I'm going to go to act like one most of the time. I'm butting and head butting and kicking and <laughs> bad. And- <laughs> Lord came and laid down His life for me. For you. Isn't that something? We thank Him, don't we? Amen.